This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 155, Seva, or the Yoga of Selfless Service. If you are a yogi, you are probably on the path of self-realization. There are many pieces to that puzzle, and service is a very important one. Ever wonder how you could be of service and how you could stay selfless in that process? If so, today's episode is for you. We'll even talk about concrete actions you can take today to start making change. For today's episode, I sat down with Bobby Paydell. Bobby is a yoga teacher, practitioner, and seeker with more than 18 years of deep studies in contemplation of the human experience. She has devoted her life to living and sharing the spiritual principles of yoga and oneness as taught by her guru in the Vedic wisdom tradition. Since 2014, Bobby spends months, sometimes years at a time, at her home in northern India where she can immerse herself in the yogic lifestyle. She is also the host of the Curious Yogi podcast, a certified space holder for the recovery-based yoga in 12-step program, the co-founder of the Tribe of Lambs, which is a Canadian charity for children living with HIV in India, and she works as a crisis advocate in women's shelter in her home province of Alberta, Canada. I would really love to read your takeaways on today's episode, so as you listen, take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways on Instagram, tagging at on and off your mat podcast. I will, of course, reshare you, but this way everybody will be able to read your takeaways and we can go deeper together into the content of each episode. We can learn and grow as a community. All right, let's get to today's episode with Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited and delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to get us started today? Sure. That's always like a, a loaded question, but uh -huh. I'll give you the Coles Notes version. So I've been a yoga practitioner for about 18 years and my spiritual journey really catapulted in 2014 when I went to India and met my teacher in Northern India and have spent the last nine years. Um, so I spent the last nine years coming and going to India and back to Canada where I'm from to study Vedic philosophy, the yogic teachings in a very, very traditional sense, studying meditation and attending satsang. So that's been my yoga journey. And through all of that, like through the last nine years, I also have gone back and forth to India doing work with children living with HIV, which kind of been like an extension of my yoga journey and my spiritual journey just being connected. And before I kind of embarked on this very spiritual journey, I was living in Toronto, working as a wardrobe stylist, big fashion life, and really externally focused. And slowly over the last eight, nine years, my life has become very much not a fashion stylist, but more simple and more focused on living and teaching the principles of yoga, which are just the most important thing to me now. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Amazing. So you mentioned the work that you do with children living with HIV. And today we're getting together to talk about that aspect of your life and that aspect of yoga, more particularly Seva or the yoga of selfless service. So how would you describe that for, for our listeners? Like what is Seva? What is yoga of selfless service? Yeah, so I'm so excited that we're going to talk about this today because I think that 
First of all, in our more westernized yoga culture, a lot of the essence of yoga and a lot of the essence of living yoga get missed. Like, it's so amazing that yoga is so popular and we get to go to all these studios and spaces and drop into classes as yoga students. But really, the traditional teachings of yoga are about living yoga and Selfless service or seva is written about in the Yoga Sutras. It's written about in the Bhagavad Gita as a way of being. And when we think about the purpose, the goal of yoga really is finding that midline, that harmony, that union. And in this world that we live in right now, it's so externally focused. It's very extractive very, you know, this is my life, this is your life. So being in service in the way of seva as it's written in the yoga scriptures is really a sattvic action that helps to bring us back to that center point. It's kind of the counter swing of the pendulum. So when we are in life, just the way that the world lives, we really have to, you know, take care of ourselves. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of energy and a lot of taking So when we think of service, it's about meeting that same amount of take with give Mm, and being in mm -hmm. service. And yeah, we also we live in a very biased world where we have, you know, this is also my community that I want to help and serve, which is amazing. And charity is amazing. And giving financial contributions is amazing. But Seva is slightly more pure in a way that, you know, I guess we could think of it as like, random acts of kindness or Mm -hmm. service to someone that you usually wouldn't interact with or that you might have a bias about. So I think seva also as yoga teachers and yoga practitioners is a really good point to begin reflection to think of how we are in service. Also, because being a yoga teacher, as we know, we are in service. But when we're doing it for our employment for money, it's more transactional. Mm -hmm. So I really love having it as a point to begin reflecting on where am I in service in life and to be in service in our jobs is so rewarding and amazing. And, you know, we do have to be careful as yoga teachers for things like compassion fatigue, which we can talk about, but we also should be invited to reflect on how we can be in service in the more pure sense as yoga practitioners, not as yoga teachers. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many things in that answer yeah. that I would like us to come back to. So let's start back at the top and look at it from the perspective of the yoga text. So you mentioned the Bhagavad Gita, you mentioned the Yoga Sutras. How is Seva or Selva service described or talked about in the yoga text? Mm-hmm. So what comes to mind right away is in the Bhagavad Gita, how Krishna speaks to Arjuna In many verses, actually, he does mention charity quite a bit. But the point that I like to turn to is how Krishna really reminds Arjuna that with the knowledge of Krishna consciousness, which is God consciousness, we are able to interact and see every being as our own self. When we are truly living in the vision of oneness, the knowledge of yoga, we know that On the form level, I'm Bobby, you're Erica, but on the essence, at our root level, we are one being. So to be able to treat every person that we encounter, including animals, including Mother Earth, as our own true self, 
we don't then be do seva. We don't do service. We are being in service just by being connected to that essence, which unites us all. So that is like, you know, a theme throughout the Gita, mm-hmm. which there are many mm-hmm. themes that are like super relatable in the modern world, which I think is one of the reasons why I love that scripture so much. But for sure, it's about recognizing the divinity in every being. So, you know, it's like we get so busy, but can we stop and pause and just be aware of what's happening around us just day to day and be in service in that way? Yeah, because that helps us care for others the way we want to be cared for ourselves, right? Like it helps us see that we're not separate, that we all need the same things, that we all fear the same things, that we have so much more in common and brings us closer together. I also like like a version that's maybe a little bit more 3D material, like (laughs) for people that are like, okay, but then what? Like I am one. I also like really the teachings of just letting go of the fruits of your effort. I think that's a very day-to-day thing that brings us to service, to the essence of service is doing something not to receive something in exchange, right? And that might be like on your mat, it might be in your practice, it might be in your everyday life. And then it can grow into that giving and receiving you were talking about into that balance of like, can I give without a desire to receive something? And we're not brought up to do that like we learn from a very young age to give for receiving to receive like there's an expectation there's a transaction going on in those two what are your thoughts on that mm-hmm. yeah I love that I love in the Gita it's the verses nishkam karm yog which is the action without um, seeking anything in return and like in that sense it's really powerful it actually takes away the sense of doership because we live in a world of doing actually just in my newsletter the other day the title was are we human being or human doing and I think it is a good point of reflection that rather to think like oh I have to do seva now I have to do charity I have to be in service (laughs) like it's kind of like I can't do that like we're all already so busy but rather than thinking of like we have to do something more rather we turn inward. That's why we practice yoga so that we can move from that place of service mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to service to the self, to the self with the capital S, you know, and, and I loved when you were speaking, you remind me just of like the brilliance of the name of your show, like on and off the mat. That's what it means to do yoga is to be yoga is to live yoga. So I think it is really important that we are mindful of that as yoga practitioners, whether you're a student or a teacher, it's really kind of the essence of living yoga is setting the example for how we can make the world a better place, but also make ourselves better. Like, I think even Gandhi said that the simplest acts of kindness are more powerful than a thousand heads bowed. So when Mm -hmm. we think of like, just the power of being connected and loving one another, in just the way that we are, it's pretty powerful to think about what kind of world we could create if we all moved from that place. Absolutely. Do you think as you talk about making yourself better to make the world better, do you think that we need to build our own spiritual awareness before we can be of service of others? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, Mm -hmm. you know, because as we start to move into this more sattvic lifestyle, 
it's kind of everything we start to move on that middle path and whether it's like you know if it's the action that comes first and then inspires the inner growth or if it's this deep contemplation that inspires the action like we're all so mm. unique in our sadhana we're all so unique in our purpose and our journey and like that is the one of the beautiful magical things about yoga is that it is accessible to everybody and the teachings are there and how we manifest them and how we express them is just unique to us and whatever suits our nervous system better or our own environment so that is the amazing thing about yoga like the teachings are there <laughs> they're given to us but like it's our job as the practitioners to sit and contemplate to what figure out yeah exactly and I yeah. think that's really shown in the yoga sutras where it's like, you can do this. If that doesn't work, you can do this. If that doesn't work, you can try this. If that doesn't work, you can try this. Like there's so many options given to you to arrive at the same place in the end. Exactly. Like my teacher would say, every path leads to the same place. So whatever your path is, just get on it and like <laughs> do it, you know? And I was listening to a podcast a little while ago and they said a quote or like analogy that, you know, we could dig 50 wells like very shallow to like explore different paths or we go on to one path we dig deep and we find the water you know we get to the source and I think that's also really important when we're embracing the teachings like of course we have to have the like you know the time of exploring like what works and you know for some people being in service means like cooking for people or for some people it means teaching or I don't know like there's so many ways like for me it's come in this work that I'm doing in India like that's a way that I act out being in service but for everybody it's you know you don't have to do that it's just about finding what works for you and the more we practice yoga the more we live the principles the more we better understand ourselves and who mm -hmm. we are right yeah absolutely yeah it goes both ways I like that idea so what would be some examples? You've named a couple already, but if they're like, okay, how do I start to be more of service? We've talked about that idea of oneness and like devotion. We talked about giving, receiving balance energetically. What are other ways that people can bring service into their life every day if they're not working for charity and maybe they don't have money to donate? Like what are options that it can look mm -hmm. like? So we do it daily or weekly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think just like that brilliant words of Gandhi, like just the simplest acts of kindness, just mm. holding the yeah. door for a stranger or speaking to, you know, at the post office, like giving someone a warm smile if they look like they're having a hard day or when we can begin to exude the teachings and move through the world in that way, I think it becomes, like I said before, like less of doing and more of being and like, it might feel uncomfortable at first, maybe you don't have change in your pocket to give to someone that's struggling with homelessness, but maybe you have five minutes to sit and speak to, to someone chat. and say, hey, what's your name? How's your day going? Like, to meet people yeah. at that level of oneness is actually when we start to like, see the little opportunities that life gives us, it's actually possible or, you know, and I think too, yeah. right now in our like, digital connected kind of like super connected but yet not connected world we can forget the power of human connection which is actually really easy to do like if we can just pick up a video call instead of texting someone or like you know it's really I think too about connecting to others which then we connect to ourselves as well like 
I'm a space holder for yoga and the 12 steps. And at the end of every class, every meeting, as taught by Nikki, the woman that founded it, we say we keep what we get by giving it away. And that's like such a powerful tool in recovery, but it's also a powerful tool in life. Like mm, what we get mm-hmm. on the yoga mat, it's our, in my opinion, responsibility to then go off to the share. mat and share it. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to India to study myself, I went to my teacher one day and I was like, I have trouble walking in the street. There's so many beggars and like, it's heartbroken. There's kids, there's people that are, you know, in really bad shape. Like how, how can I go in the street and what can I do? I can't give money to every single one of them. Like that's not going to work. What can I do? And he said to me, all you're going to do is meet their eyes Put your hand on your heart and you will hold their gaze with a smile until they look away and walk away. He's like, that's all. And I say this now and I have full body goosebumps and I I remember doing it. (laughs) And I remember doing it and the power of just, I see you. I know sending compassion, sending love. Like it doesn't even look from the outside like you're taking action, but you're taking a moment of pause and you're being with that person. And like, that is a way that in North America, you see someone on the street, like you say, you can stop and chat, even if you don't have money to give them, right? Like there's ways that we don't have to use money if that's something that is not available to us. If it is, awesome. If it's not, you mentioned cooking for someone. And that might mean like bringing a meal to someone who's like, you have a mom friend that is like so overwhelmed with life bring her a meal once in a while for the family, right? Like you make a little bit more, you have a portion for yourself, you bring the rest to that family. I think there's a lot of ways like in those act of kindness that we can search and find ways to take care of the world around us in a way that doesn't, as you mentioned, like overwhelm us either. Like that it's just a little, a way of showing up that is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that brilliant advice that your teacher gave you. I think going back and forth to India so many times, like at the first, you know, times, it is really shocking because we don't see that kind of poverty in Western countries, at least in that scale. But then the more that you're around it, you also, or I also become kind of like, it becomes normalized and Yeah, just the power of connecting with a person on that way. Like when I have friends that are in India and they ask me as well what to do, I just teach them how to say like, what is your name in Hindi? And then to ask a child like in Hindi in their own language, like what is your name? And just to have that moment is actually like really powerful and more effective than, you know, other ways of engaging perhaps. It's uh, definitely like a nuanced way of being and I think also the power of volunteering is really important like now it's coming up to the holidays and there are so many opportunities to be of service I know I'm in in Canada it's getting colder so there's ways that we can help in those kind of simple ways or just noticing or acknowledging also other people that are doing fundraising or volunteer work themselves even if you don't Mm -hmm. have the time to volunteer but someone in your life talk about it share about it on social media like help other people bring other people to that event that's a way that is free for you to do and that can support the event and have big impact exactly and it's like it's the ripple out effect right it's like 
sometimes people think also like, you know, we've been doing this charity tribe of lambs for eight years now and like watching it grow from like, you know, we used to fundraise like $2,000 a year. And now it's like, you know, it's grown exponentially. But sometimes people think like, oh, like I can't even give anything or like, I'm like, okay, well, $5 makes a huge difference for our project. Or yeah, just like you said, putting it in your newsletter, sharing it with your family, like, hey, I just came across this really wonderful initiative, or I learned about kids with HIV in India, I didn't realize that was such a big thing. And like, it really touched me, like the power of personal connection to be of impact to people that maybe aren't in our direct line of sight. Like we also have a tendency, like when you look at the research of charitable giving, people are for obvious reasons, more likely to give to causes that are close to home or that are personal. For example, like if you had a family member that had breast cancer, you would, of course, like go and do the breast cancer run. And that is also important. Like there's every single cause is worthy. Mm. But I think also, it's good to expand and remember like the big global causes that you know, some of them are more in the mainstream media and some aren't. So it's like, it can be overwhelming because there's so much yeah. help that needs to happen in the world. But just being mindful, being aware, starting with the awareness, I think is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And I love the question you brought up in the beginning, the reflection of how can I be of service? Just taking the time of asking yourself, how can I be of service? And then starting close to home to what feels most needed and most loving for you because you have a direct connection with like someone that is suffering of something related to that subject. And then expanding over time as you get like the momentum of like doing it on a regular base and participating in some way, I think is a good way to not get too overwhelmed and not also not only get overwhelmed by the actions that you take, by the doing of being of service, but by the suffering in the world. You know, like we Mm -hmm. talked about compassion fatigue. We talked about the feeling of like going to India and seeing the level of poverty. Like for people that are sensitive, I think this is a way that people stop themselves. They're like, I can't, I can't deal. I can't even see what's happening in the world. It's too much for me. Do you have any tips for people that feel like that and they stop themselves in the process because they're afraid Mm -hmm. that they can't hold that for themselves in the world. Yeah, that's a really good point, Erica. Like when we say starting close to home, it's important to start like in our own home first, right? And we know that we cannot be of service before we're of service to ourselves. And in my experience, as the teachings of yoga have begun to become more of a part of my life, I have developed more of an awareness of myself, what are my limits? What are my boundaries? It's so important for people like us who are in helping professions to have strong, clear, healthy boundaries of what I have the capacity for. I'm also a highly sensitive person. So, you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. And I didn't know about compassion fatigue. So I work in a women's shelter. And when I started in the shelter on my training, like we had a whole day about compassion fatigue. This is like after six years of going back and forth from India, (laughs) working with kids with HIV. And I was like, wow, like I have no boundaries. Like, That's why I was so burnt out because that feeling of like, I just want to help everybody. And also, this is like a good point to talk about like checking ourselves 
when we are being in service that we're not in the mindset and the mentality of we're here to save anyone, which I think mm-hmm. when we come mm-hmm. from positions of privilege, which we are, we really have to be mindful and aware of our position in privilege and in society that we're not coming as these like heroic efforts to save everybody because we can't and that's not our job. Our job is to come and meet people where they are and do what we can within reason. And, you know, it's that savior complex. I also live in Canada where, you know, we are unlearning our colonialist mindsets right now and working with Indigenous people who they don't want to be saved. You know, like my liberation, my freedom is bound with your liberation and your freedom because we're all on this path together. So that's another good point of reference. We have to check the spiritual ego. We have to check the self-righteousness, which I have had to do a lot of work with because there was a time where I had this kind of identity like, oh, I'm a social entrepreneur. You know, I do this work and it totally loses all of its spiritual or inner purity because that's not how I want to be like I do want to go to India and I do want to be with those kids because I love them but not because it's my job to save them and I want to share their message because I'm advocating with them because they don't have a voice because they're young but you know once they get 18 plus they want to advocate for themselves so it's just about using our platform as people online yoga teachers to share the message but knowing that we're not speaking for these people we're speaking with them so I think that's a good point to remember as well when we're reflecting Mm -hmm. on service yeah totally and that made me think of something else as well as like when we start to give and to be of service kind of having a reflection on our intention and continuing to check in with ourselves so it doesn't become like a validation thing. Like that doesn't become our external validation of like, I am doing good for the world, you know, and it makes me a better person and kind of staying out of that. So other than intention and reflection, how do we make sure we continue to be of service for the right reasons? Yeah, I think you just like nailed it on the head. Like we it's so important in every aspect of our life. Like it's it's a big job to be a human. It's a really big job to be a spiritual person in a world that doesn't celebrate spirituality so much, you know, like I said before, this extractive individualistic society. So to really reflect, to keep checking in with ourselves, to surround ourselves with people like this, where we can have conversations, we can become uplifted and inspired to know like, okay, I don't have to save the whole world on my own. One, because I'm not on my own. And two, because I'm not the doer when we're connected, like we said, Mm. to that Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a vessel of God's will of the universe. And can I just remain humble? Can I remain gracious and just do my best and also know I'm going to make mistakes and Mm -hmm. don't allow the fear of getting it wrong stop the action, which I think can happen for a lot of us. So it's kind of nuanced, very nuanced, actually. But yeah, just begin. Just begin your reflection. Begin giving without any expectations of receiving of anything. Begin practicing doing things not for the reward, like as simple as that, right? Doing something not because it gives, it creates something particular. Because I think that's something when we start to be of service, if we have expectation of what is going to result in that, 
like we might find it very difficult because like letting go of what happens once you've given like and what the other person's going to do with your help or how it's going to impact the world. Like you have to let that go. Like it's out of your hands, you know, and that's a practice that you can start on your mat as well, you know, and mm-hmm. act of kindness and being with yeah. people like a simple act as we talk like holding space or listening or truly being present with someone those are all things that we can all bring into our life and start without getting overwhelmed without getting fatigued without feeling like there's too much suffering in the world and I can't do anything about it and also like reframing our language to instead of doing am I being Like we're such a doer culture and I've just been reflecting on this. So it's really in my mind, but like, okay, am I being in service? Am I being of service to myself, then to my family? Like, and then the ripples out, but just like, am I being in service? Just even that beautiful question is such a powerful place. Or when you're like, I'm going to volunteer, I'm at the soup kitchen, I'm doing it. And then you're like, I'm, you know, I'm doing my volunteer work. That's like a moment to check ourselves. Like, I'm being in service because I'm connecting to this human across from me. And like that beautiful advice you had, just connecting your gaze with another being, like that's being in service, just the way that you live. Mm -hmm. Mm, Love it. So you mentioned World AIDS Day is coming up. Is it December 1st? Yes, it's December 1st. And you are the coordinator for an event called Yoga to End World AIDS Day. Am I correct? Yeah, I remember this quite good. If listeners would like to support or participate in some way in this event, in this charity, would you share how would that be possible for them if they're like inspired and they feel like they've already been of service or that's the way that they could be of support right now? Yes, I love it. So there's two ways to support Yoga to End World AIDS Day. The first way is to join a class. We have classes online and in person. So we've got teachers all over the world, like Sweden, Morocco, UK, Mm. Canada, US. So there's tons of time zones. So people can just go onto the website. I'll give the link. It's just try. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. And they just make a donation and then they receive the Zoom link. So that's one way to join. Another way to join, I know a lot of your listeners are teachers, is to host a donation-based class on World AIDS Day. And then we can make them a page and all the money donated for the whole day. And some teachers are teaching, you know, a day before, a day after. It's like all around World AIDS Day because it really is about raising awareness of children living with HIV in India, which again, in our Western mindset, HIV and AIDS is kind of a thing of the past. We know people can live long, healthy lives with HIV, and it's not a big deal. But unfortunately, in India, it still is a big deal. And kids and women and men as well, but we work with kids and women, face daily discrimination, lack of access to education, healthcare, just because of HIV status. So World AIDS Day is really For us, for Tribe of Lambs, we're a Canadian-based charity. It's about raising awareness for these kids and all the money that is raised goes towards sending 67 kids to school for a year. So it's a very important cause. It's become very near and dear to my heart. And I think it's important like to just share the message. And yeah, like as yoga practitioners, you know, I know a lot of studios do do karma classes and donation-based classes. so this cause is definitely worthy bringing, you know, some support, some energy back to India, I think is also essential for me as a part of my practice. Mm-hmm. So 
that's how people can get involved. And yeah, I'll give the website. And then also all the information is on our social media, which is Tribe of Lambs. Amazing. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's like one takeaway from today's discussion, what would you like people to leave this talk with? I would like people to leave the talk with just the inspiration that we start small and yeah, we never know the ripple out effect of one act of kindness to someone that's having a hard day or a bigger, grander gesture. You know, it all adds into the pot and it all makes a difference and it's all making that change, like, you know, be the change. And I think that's what we just need to remember and and know that the more we give, the more we're of service, the more full and expanded our own life experience will be. So it's pretty limitless in mm-hmm. the way that we can begin to live our lives. Yeah, I love that. Any amount, any amount matters. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll put all your information in the show notes. In the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to say hello, they have some questions, they want to work with you in some capacity, where should they go? How should they connect to you? Yes, I would love to connect with anybody and especially talking about this topic. But my website is bobbypaydell.com. My social media is bobbypaydell. And then I also have a podcast called A Curious Yogi. It's conversations with spiritual seekers on the path. So a few different ways to connect. And yeah, for sure right now, the biggest way is to connect with Tribe of Lambs and World Aid Stay. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thanks, Erica. And being of service to this community. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. It truly, truly helps people find the podcast. And to say thank you, you'll get access to our premium membership for free for a full month. Send me an email with your screenshot and your review and I will get you all set up. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including my email at ericabelanger.com slash 155. Now, before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.